0: I'm Kevin Frankish, thanks for joining me. My first panic attack, it scared the hell out of me. I didn't know what it was. And with each subsequent attack, they just seemed to get worse and worse. Sometimes it was the anticipation of one that was the hardest. And if you've ever had one and tried to explain to someone exactly what it is, how overwhelming it is, you know just how difficult that can be. My guest is Dr. David Carbonell he is out of Chicago, calls himself an anxiety coach. Panic attack, understand it, control it. Right now, on The Happy Molecule. Hi, Dr. Carbonell. Good morning. I am fascinated by the term anxiety coach, you know, and, and, and I thought, well, well, heck, even Wayne Gretzky had a coach. One of the greatest <laughs> hockey players ever, but he still had a coach who was helping him along the way.
1: Right, right, and boy, that uh, that website name goes back to uh, more than twenty years now. Um, but when when I first put together a, a, a website before I had written any books, uh, I, I needed something. I didn't want to just go with my name and uh, anxiety coach seemed to seemed to sum it up right because here people who could come and. Get a little or a lot or as much information as they were ready to uh to take in and, and work with it and then come back and read some more uh so it seemed coach was the right word for it
0: interesting isn't it that there is probably nothing more intimate to us nothing we feel more directly than our feelings and perhaps there is nothing that we
1: misunderstand more right because we, we... We live in feelings and, and, and thoughts the the way a, a goldfish lives in water. It's just always there.
0: So let's get right to it. Panic attacks, anxiety attacks. There, I, I get comments and questions about that more than anything. Very basic. 101. What is an anxiety attack or a panic attack? Are they the same thing, first of all, panic attack, anxiety attack?
1: You know, they're not. Um, Uh, we have terrible terminology for this uh but um the way i think about it if we're talking about an attack uh then it's what's typically called a panic attack an anxiety attack i can say something about that later but but by panic attack we mean uh, a relatively sudden uh often unexpected uh literal flood of all kinds of, of scary uh symptoms, physical sensations, like my heart seems to be racing or doing something it doesn't usually do for no apparent reason. Uh, I have trouble catching my breath. I feel lightheaded or dizzy. Um, uh, Strong negative emotions, fear, shame, doubt. Um, uh, Scary, unpleasant thoughts. Oh my God, what if I die? What if I freak out? What if I make a fool of myself? What if I start shouting and knocking people down as i leave the grocery Uh, and uh, the the fourth kind of symptom is is behaviors people engage in frightened responses Uh, they flee the scene they hold their breath Uh, they try uh, to look away from what bothers them Um, so in all kinds of ways physical thinking emotions and behaviors people experience Powerful, powerful sensations of fear. And when they have the first one, uh, they don't know why they're afraid. Yeah, uh, And they, they have the first one. This is the, the origin of the term out of the blue. It, it came out of the blue. Uh, and when a person has a first panic attack, it literally comes out of the blue. They realize I'm powerfully afraid and I don't know why.
0: I remember mine well, 2006, and I cried and I cried. And I felt and I just kept saying it's over. It's mm-hmm. over. And I presume I was referring to my life to my career or what I don't even know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Just mm-hmm. kept saying it's over. I, I will not <laughs> get beyond this. I don't I didn't know what it was. i had never had one before. But something <laughs> but why inside of me was it saying to me? This is so final
1: um well I think it goes to this when when we become afraid we expect to know what we're afraid of and then so person having a first panic attack uh, maybe they're sitting at a traffic light uh or in a checkout line they look around to see my God what's scaring me what's threatening me and they can't find anything they look all over they see nothing that might explain why they're so afraid uh and yet they want to know why am I afraid? I'm so powerfully afraid. Uh, so what are they going to do? They're going to take their best guess, and they look around the environment. They see nothing out here that seems to be a threat. Nothing that explains why I'm afraid. Their guess then is going to be, "Oh my God, there's something terribly threatening inside of me. That's the only place I can't look and see it. Uh, there's nothing out here that's threatening me. It must be inside." And and once once they make that leap. Then maybe they'll go to, I'm going to die, I'm going to humiliate myself, I'm going to go insane, uh, something terrible is going to happen. But I am so afraid, and, and what's happening is inside of me. That means it must be a disaster.
0: You know, and, and often when I'm speaking, I talk about 12 step programs. And I say, when it comes to your mental health, we should make it a 13 step program. We need something proceeding, admit you have a problem. We need something saying, understand what is happening. And I think that that goes a long way in learning how to control a panic attack. So let's learn what's happening. And, and let's not just talk about the feelings, what physically is happening to us, when we have a panic attack?
1: Oh, uh, well, when you have a panic attack, as I say, there's those four kinds of symptoms of which physical is one, the, the physical symptoms, for the most part, are uh the same uh automatic response that you would have uh if a a big pit bull came running down the street at you barking and growling and making a plane it was it was prepared to kill you Uh, or a runaway bus headed your way your body would flood you with all kinds of uh, chemical changes uh, and instincts to save you uh and if there really was a bus or a dog coming uh or or you you smelled smoke inside of a theater you wouldn't notice any of the sensations or the feelings or the thoughts you would be too busy uh running and protecting yourself to notice how scary and frightening it was Uh, and
0: and this is where you know people get the strength to lift cars off people that have fallen on on top of someone and they don't know how they did it it's just the body is responding doesn't give you time to think so
1: Essentially, could we say our body is doing what it's supposed to be doing? Exactly. That, that's the key. There is nothing wrong with your body. Uh, your body is doing exactly uh, what it's supposed to do. It, it's a sign of what a finely tuned mechanism your body is, that it can turn on a dime like that uh, to make such radical changes to protect you. There's just one problem. Uh, it got the wrong signal. Ah, it's, it's a signal problem. It's not it's a, a body problem. Okay, tell me about that signal. Explain that. Uh, th- th- this goes to the heart of what I would call the, the panic trick. Uh, you feel discomfort, and, and, and that's a mild word, but uh, I wanted another word that began with a D. Uh, <laughs> you feel discomfort, and you get tricked into treating it like danger. That's at the core of a panic attack.
0: Okay so my discomfort you you're saying okay i've um i've got to make a speech in front of the, uh, in front of the boss tomorrow and i don't think i'm ready so that is the discomfort
1: that you are signaling uh yes now that's the anticipatory discomfort the the, okay. the more panic kind of discomfort would probably come while you were sitting there waiting for somebody to give you the nod that says okay you're on uh okay. start that presentation for your boss and the board of directors uh and then maybe you would feel gee my throat seems unusually dry is my tongue always this thick i i can't remember what i was going to say my palms are awful sweaty uh should i have worn a different shirt and you're going to feel all this uh intense discomfort but get tripped, perhaps in a full-blown panic attack into believing oh my god i'm going to collapse i have to get out of here
0: Let's, uh, you know what, I'm going to get some free uh, therapy here. Um, let's, let's analyze my first panic attack because I think it will be a good example for folks um, because it came out of the blue, as you, as you had mentioned. So I was on TV. I was on the air. And I didn't have an urge to pee. I was worried mm. I was going to pee. Mm-hmm. As silly as that sounds, and then I launched into full panic attack mode at that point. So, explain to me what was happening there.
1: Well, it sounds like uh, as an anxiety symptom, you had this intrusive thought. Uh, that's all it was. It was just a thought. Right, right, and that's all. It, that's all you need. You had the intrusive thought. Oh my God, I'm going to pee right here while I'm on the camera, and. I have to do something about that. I'm gonna take that thought uh, uh, not as an uncomfortable thought, not as, well, that's kind of goofy, what an unpleasant distraction while I'm doing my program here. I'm gonna take that thought as a threat, as a threat, and now I have to oppose that thought. Uh, I have to protect myself against that thought. I I try to get it off my mind. I try to stop thinking about it. Maybe I uh, try and figure out, how can I signal them to cut the cameras? Uh, What should I do? all you have is a thought uh, but you're probably responding to that thought as if it's a threat and then you got to do something about it rather than just humor the thought and go on about your business so then my body
0: and my thoughts were not talking to each other properly
1: uh yeah your your thoughts were not describing accurately what was going on in your body Uh, uh, you were nervous and uh, you got the signal that this means you're going to pee uncontrollably, that you're going to lose control of your bladder. And, and there's always an issue there. Many of the thoughts are always about you're going to lose control of, of your voice, of, of your heart, uh, whatever. Uh, you, you're going to lose control, and, and that's going to that's going to be disaster. Okay.
0: What did I do wrong? And, and I shouldn't say wrong, but what could I have done at that point um, and it's, it's tough to, to answer really, I think, be, because, you know, I'd never experienced, I didn't know what was going on. Right. So, so right. when you get these thoughts, especially if you've had panic attacks before, how do you, how do you unthink something? How do you tell yourself, wait a minute, it's okay.
1: Yeah. Um, well, and you said two very different things there, unthink something or tell yourself it's okay. <laughs> you, you, you can't unthink something. Uh, once you got a thought, uh, you can't go back and erase it. The only thing you can do is get into an argument with it. Oh, come on, I'm not going to pee. Yes, you are. Uh, no, but, but <laughs> what if you do? And, and so what's happening now? Now I'm just talking to, about pee to myself. Uh, so there you know, you, you can try and unthink it, but that just means you're arguing with your thoughts and that's going to make a person more anxious. Okay. Uh, so, um, What's the opposite of the, uh, unthinking?
0: Unthink? Uh, accept?
1: Yes. Yeah. All right. I'm having that thought again about peeing. I okay. wonder if I could hit the first row from here. <laughs> I'm going to play with that thought because uh, I, I don't get to wow, pick and you're, choose. You're lightening it up. What thoughts have? Mm-hmm, you're lightening mm-hmm. it up.
0: Mm-hmm. This is not a disaster. You know, no, this, this is this is a
1: discomfort. Yeah. Wow. And, and and that's the trick right there. If I treat that thought as a sign of disaster, well, I'm 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 gonna get in for more difficulty and fear now. And if I can treat it as the discomfort it is, then I can probably lighten it up and move back to what I want to be doing at the moment. Now the first time you have a panic attack, uh, well, you're probably gonna handle it badly because you got no experience, no reason to believe it's not what it seems. Yeah. Yeah
0: so many people think they're having a heart attack in fact we'll call an ambulance Mm -hmm. Um, my doctor who has helped me through my mental health issues he is fantastic david say i'm gonna you know give him a shout out because uh, fantastic and he had told me he said if he's working in er and someone comes in and you get them say okay i need to know what are your Mm -hmm. symptoms what's wrong with you where does it hurt and people will say you know it hurts here here and here if they you know if they know what it is but he says when someone says to him i don't know i just don't feel right he says ah panic attack that's 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 his first go to where a lot of doctors mm-hmm. their first go to is oh i better make sure that it isn't heart but his first go to is oh don't feel right okay i'm thinking anxiety here
1: yeah yeah well and that that it's a blessing to encounter such a doctor at the er i mean the the, the real uh uh, difficulty it's a tragedy so many people experience they go to the emergency room with a panic attack or first particularly a first panic attack well um it's not their kind of emergency yeah. they're, they're not they're not well positioned to handle it because most likely uh um you know you're, you're going to be met with well let's let's take a bunch of tests uh, let, let's schedule you for another test in a week it's going to create lots of doubt and uncertainty because the emergency room feels obliged to make sure there's nothing physically wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And, and boy, in that trying to make sure uh, they're gonna, uh, to some degree, perpetuate the anxiety.
0: Yeah, and, and you know what? I could do a whole show on my opinion that the absolute worst place for you if you are having a panic attack is a hospital, the worst place, um, and it's through no fault of the doctors and nurses there. It's our system that still hasn't caught up with the fact that the mind and the body are one and 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 we need to treat them as such. But I think that could be a whole other show.
1: Sure. And and it, it's literally because they're sitting there waiting for emergencies yeah. and a person bringing a panic attack in, uh, well, that's terribly upsetting and scary and a big problem, but it's not an emergency. And so and so you, you've shown up at the pizza parlor and, and you're asking for Chinese food. You're not going to get it.
0: Uh, interesting jump off point here though you go into an emergency and you're triaged so the most serious go first so if you are having having a heart attack if you are having breathing issues you go to the top of the triage list if you're having a panic attack you go to the bottom and the reason being not because it's not important but because it's not going to hurt you and it's not going to kill you physically so maybe we could draw a little bit from that saying okay so I'm having this panic attack, I feel doom and gloom. But a panic attack in itself cannot hurt
1: you. Correct. Correct. It'll scare the bejesus out of you. Yeah. Uh, but all, all the traditional fears of a panic attack, what if I have a heart attack? Uh, what if I asphyxiate? Uh, what if I go crazy? Um, it, it doesn't do those things. Uh, it, it creates a mirage of those things.
0: Now, in no way do I want people to discount pains in their body. I mean, you should, if you're feeling a weird twinge of pain, it could be hard, I don't know, but I don't want people just to discount this. But if you are sure. absolutely certain it's a panic attack, it's not gonna hurt you, it's pesky. And once you learn to control it, you will look at it just that way. Ugh, that's just pesky. So what are the most common things that you hear from your patients clients or is there a common thing about panic attacks and their causes what are the the biggest similarities people have
1: well in terms of causes i mean we we could think about uh momentary causes or what separates people adults who have panic attacks versus people who don't um uh, first panic attack for someone who, who is going to experience panic disorder uh, typically arrives in their 20s or 30s. Uh, it typically arrives perhaps after a period of significant change in their life, uh, which is characteristic of the, the 20s and 30s. Uh, moving away from home, graduating college, first job, getting married, first baby, first mortgage, that kind of stuff. Might might be all good things. This often puzzles people. Uh, they'll say, "But everything in my life is going well. Um, it's it's not that these events are bad, but maybe uh, you're just not used to that much change yet." Um, and it will typically occur to people who have a higher likelihood of, of uh, other relatives in their family tree that have experienced panic or another anxiety disorder that there's a genetic predisposition. Uh, and then one day uh, in their 20s or 30s, seemingly out of the blue, that first panic attack occurs. And there isn't much to be learned about the why of why did it happen that day, uh, that time, that activity and so on. We, we can figure that out after the fact. But a first panic attack, it, it just emerges. Um, it's spontaneous. Uh, and we we can't say hardly anything more about why they had that attack we can say a lot more about why they have the subsequent attacks because as soon as a person has a first panic attack and gets through it now their mission is how can I make sure that doesn't happen again and so okay it it happened at a red light I'm going to try and avoid having to stop at any red lights Uh, in fact four-way stop sign intersections I don't like those either Uh, It happened in a movie theater. I think I'll start watching movies at home. It happened in a big grocery store. I'm going to start going to small convenience stores And said, So people begin to protect against the possibility of another panic attack. And guess what? The more you protect, the more you watch for it, the more you try and hold it at bay, the more frequently you're going to have trouble.
0: And the more you avoid things you can't avoid. You know, mm-hmm. perhaps you want to go to that grocery store because they have better prices, but you're going to go somewhere else. And not only are you, are you sort of just putting a band-aid over the problem, you're paying more for your groceries or you're, you're taking you're taking routes that don't have red lights, but it's going to add 20 minutes to your commute. And not only that,
1: um, but because you mistakenly, I'm going to say, feel that you've protected yourself by taking that longer route or by not going to that grocery store, you're gonna end up feeling more vulnerable and more likely to be victimized. The more you stay away from it, the more fearsome it becomes. So even that that avoidance, which is another form of protection, all the forms of protection have the effect of um, making the individual feel more vulnerable and and more subject to disaster uh, rather than less.
0: I would be doing a disservice if I continued on right now to talk about the coaching part of this, uh, because I think it's far too important to try and squeeze into just one episode. So um, next episode, we're going to talk about the coaching. Uh, We're going to talk about, you've already talked uh, about, you know, taking those thoughts, taking that thought and playing with it. You know, trying to to lighten it up. So you have some wonderful tips and some wonderful advice. And I go back to that time in 2006 that I went home crying in my car, feeling hopeless. And I want people out there to know there is hope. It's not the end. You, if you can't eliminate them, you can live with them. I I like to say I live with depression now. I I will never get rid of it, but I can live with it right now. So next episode, let's talk about some tips. Let's talk about trying to better understand and control our panic attacks. And we'll also talk about an anxiety attack, what that is.
1: Okay, sounds great. Yeah, there's there's so much to be said. I'd love to do that and and just want to wrap up this segment by uh, pointing out uh, there is a lot to be done this these are surprisingly solvable solvable problems okay. um and, and uh that that's probably hard for somebody to believe who just had their first panic attack yeah. but i i just want to put that out there uh this is a, a shockingly solvable problem all
0: right that's uh, next episode of the happy molecule with dr david carbonell and uh if you want more on uh information on him want to buy his books including his new one that comes out at the end of March, you can go to anxietycoach.com. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you next episode. Thanks for having me. Okay, good, we'll go right into it. (coughs) Do you you wanna take a drink? Yeah. Okay, so that was 20, that was 23 minutes. Okay, we'll try and keep this about 20. So, okay, here we go, 10.30. All right. Well, welcome back. We had a very interesting conversation last episode. I think this one is
1: going to be even more interesting. So we're going to talk today about uh, how to respond to a panic attack, how, how to uh, de-sting it, basically.
0: Yeah. So I go back to my first panic attack, 2006. And the thing I, m- I remember most vividly was was through the tears, thinking, this is the end. This is it. I don't know why. This is unsolvable. Um, and that that thought kept coming back with each subsequent panic attack. So one thing I wish I'd had was someone sitting beside me in the car saying, "No, it's okay, Kevin. It's okay. We can we can deal with this. We got this." And that's what I'm hoping the message is that you and I can bring to uh, to my listeners for today. That you got
1: this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think, you know, there's a small step even before you can get there. Uh, We got to notice if if we're having a panic attack, what is the this? What is the this that I'm experiencing? And and, and so from, you know, the, uh, the story you told us about that experience, it sounds like you thought what you were experiencing was your, your last moment before you you started peeing in front of the, the TV cameras or perhaps before you rushed off stage, some terrible disaster. And
0: just to bring people up to date, if they didn't hear the last episode, my first panic attack came while I was on the air and I had an overwhelming worry that I was going to pee. I didn't have to. I was just worried that that was going it was going to happen. And I knew how I would be just devastated if it happened on TV. Uh, so I got out of there. I left. And, uh, and you're right. If I had just Let, let's get to the first tip. And that is you had said to me, mm-hmm. well, you know what, what you possibly can do is trying to lighten up that thought, Oh, I wonder if I could hit the first row. So that tell me about that about trying to take this at the thing. And just trying to what? what are we doing, making it smaller, making it insignificant, what
1: uh well first we're noticing what exactly is the thing uh because at the moment the thing was as i understand it you were having a thought that said i'm going to pee or what if i pee or you had a thought about peeing uh now that's the thing well i i can be sitting here eating my ice cream and thinking about peeing uh i could tour the white house and, and think about peeing. there's lots of things i could do while having the thought about peeing. if i'm actually peeing in front of people well that limits my freedom um, but what is the thing i'm having here i'm having the thought uh, and i'm so upset by that thought because of the circumstances that i'm i'm leaping to the conclusion oh my god if i'm thinking it i'm about to do it
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and so now i have to prevent myself from doing it how, how can I do that? I don't even feel like I have a full bladder. Uh, now I'm in that struggle. So we wanna stop and notice first, what, what is the thing? What am I up against? I'm a guy sitting here on, on TV uh, doing my program or answering questions or whatever and having thoughts about peeing. Okay, I can do that. I can multitask. Uh, so that that's, you know, what am I up against and how can I respond to it? Uh, that to interpose a moment where you can realize, oh, this is uncomfortable, but I don't have to oppose it.
0: Do we if we're going to start right from the beginning, do we set ourselves up in situations to have a panic attack? Do we, do we sort of almost lay the groundwork? And, and it's sort of like inviting a panic attack because of something that we are are doing? Is it our fault?
1: No, no. Um, I I think what happens here, you know, in in this circumstance, uh, you know, for whatever reason, you're on TV and you're anxious and you'll automatically, because you want to protect yourself, you know, your mind and your body will identify, well, what could this be? And how can we protect against it? Uh, it, It's it's all well-intentioned. Let's make sure things go smoothly. It's just, uh, an overbearing, unnecessarily large degree of protection. I, right. I think if, if you had been perhaps uh, on a radio program instead of a television program, I suspect you would have had a different kind of intrusive, anxious thought. It might have been, what if I lose my voice? Or, or what if I suddenly start shouting obscenities? Or, or something that would be bad on radio uh, and not on television. If you had the thought, what if I pee while I'm on the radio? Well... No harm done, I guess, unless they can hear me. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think had you been in a different circumstance, you, your mind would have presented a different kind of uh, threat. It, it's all about interpreting that anxiety as a form of threat. So no, people aren't to, to blame for this. They haven't set themselves up for it. Uh, what is happening is uh, they're trying unnecessarily hard to defend against something that isn't dangerous. Ah,
0: uh, int- that's interesting. And I think so so important. We're gonna we're gonna circle back to that in a moment, but right now I'm having the panic attack, and no matter what caused it, I'm having it. I'm now in the throes of it. I know I'm only at the beginning of it. I know how long it's going to take. I know how I'm going to feel. I know how much it's going to scare the hell out of me.
1: So I'm in the beginning of it. Right. Help me out here. And, what, what and and here uh, I'm I'm going to refer you to uh, what I usually call the aware steps, and you know your your viewers could find this on my website uh, and in the books Uh, these are steps by which to respond to a panic attack it's an acronym the word is aware and and that first day uh denotes two things acknowledge and accept okay i'm having a panic attack acknowledge and accept yeah so acknowledge in the sense of don't like it don't want it don't deserve it but if this is the experience I'm having right now, so be it. I'm not going to try and ignore it. I'm not going to try and pretend it's not there. I'm not going to look the other way. I'm going to acknowledge I'm having panic symptoms now and and accept in the sense of if these are the thoughts and feelings that I have to have now, so be it. I'll let myself have them. I'm not going to ask the deity to intervene. I'm not going to drink a glass of vodka to get rid of it. Uh, I'm not going to slap myself up top of the head and say, "Snap out of it! Don't like it. Don't want it. Don't deserve it." I'm feeling really anxious now. Okay, so be it. That's acknowledge and accept. Uh, I
0: I want to, and throughout this, I'd like to share my personal experiences too, because I, I think, uh, I hope that perhaps someone will see something in it. One thing I found at that point of just starting a panic attack is, I told someone i was with hey i'm having a panic attack funny as it sounds it gave me a bit of a feeling of of a bit more control it it lessened the initial impact of it and people would Mm -hmm. always say well you don't look any different are you sure i say yeah and then i would go on to describe it to them what's going on and i found that that was extremely helpful why is that
1: uh, well, and, and it is helpful, and that, that that's a powerful uh, uh, part of, of, of the acknowledge, acknowledging it to others. Um, it's powerful because oh, people's instinct, people's gut instinct, is to hide it. Uh, that, that Internally, they try and hide it. Externally, they try and run away from it. Those are all ways of trying to oppose it. Uh, the more you try and keep it a secret, the more your attention is devoted to it uh and while you're keeping it a secret the only feedback you're getting is your own mm. which is <laughs> oh my god this is terrible this is terrible this is terrible uh now i've said it to somebody else and what what i don't notice anything about you really i thought it was terribly obvious oh, i don't know you, you sure now we're getting different feedback now we're uh we're letting go of the secrecy uh and that attempted secrecy It's another one of those things. Here's something people do hoping to help themselves, but that makes it worse.
0: Okay, so now, what if I am the person I am telling? If someone says to you, I'm having a panic attack, or I think I'm going to have one, or I just had one, as someone else on the outside, and I still don't understand what they just went through, what is the best way to help that person?
1: Uh, I would ask them. Well, is there something I can do to help you? Uh, well, what do you need? You know, what are you afraid is going to happen? Uh, how can I be of help to you? Uh, that, that's that's a good start. So all of a sudden you're not alone. Right, right, and and you're you're not alone, and and you're you're feeling a little desperate. And now that you ask me that, well, how can I help you? Hmm. Well, I don't know. They they might be stumped by that. Uh, get me uh, a glass I, of sure. vodka. <laughs> you know uh if if a dog was attacking them or they were having a heart attack they would know right away how i want you to help me. Uh when you ask somebody well ha- how can i help you here that's going to help them realize hmm, well i'm not sure why don't i know what kind of help i need it's going to bring me back to again to the realization because this is discomfort not danger. If i was in danger i would damn well know exactly what i want people to do for me.
0: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of, um, you know, the uh, a scene in the Blues Brothers, which is one of my favorite movies, and of course, in your hometown, shot in your hometown of Chicago, um, when they were in the building at the end, and there were all these police officers and military, and there were thousands of them, that would, hut, 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 and there was noise, and there was confusion, there was loudness, and then they cut to the Blues Brothers, and they're sitting in the elevator, and there's nice, soft Muzak playing. So here's our panic attack that is going crazy, but they're in the elevator completely unaware. So the people who are watching us are completely unaware of all the noise in our heads.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and and it's a, be, a bewildering, exp- you know, and frightening experience. The more you can break the secrecy, the the, the sooner you'll kind of pierce that veil. Okay, um, so- I, I just just to tie in with this. Uh, Pretty much all of a person's gut instincts of what to do to help themselves during a panic attack uh, are almost all, guess what, uh, dead wrong. Uh, This is what makes panic such a thorny problem. A person's intuitive gut instinct of what to do to help themselves almost always dead wrong because they all involve protection. I'll run away. I'll keep it a secret. I'll drink alcohol. Uh, I'll stay home. Uh, I'll avoid this store. Uh, almost all of, of, of their gut instincts are based on are, are things that would be good to do if they were threatened, but really unhelpful to do when they're just nervous. Very interesting. My father
0: uh, worked at a bank. Uh, I and I, he was. I'm sure he had undi he had undiagnosed depression, and one day out of the blue, quit, bought a little. Corner store. He worked in Sudbury and, and and bought a little corner store in Vancouver and moved the entire family pretty well the next day almost to Vancouver. A few years later, had another, you know, change and completely sold the store unbeknownst to my mother and moved the entire family west again. And I realized now that he was running away. We were, you know, we were always saying, Well, this came out of the blue. This is so weird. But I realized now he was running away and that never helped the problem and in fact hurt the people around him
1: sure sure yeah yeah when we try and protect against what isn't dangerous uh it causes us a lot of problems
0: okay so we're in the throes of the panic attack what do we do do we (laughs) stand and 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 again i'm going to share my experience and you tell and this is neither right nor wrong but it works for me I've I've learned to stand my ground, to not change anything. Just say, you know what? I'm having a panic attack and I'm just going to say, it's going to run through me, but I'm not going to change my lifestyle uh, or life because of it. Go ahead. You'll be done soon. I'm in the middle of doing something right now. Should you keep working away? Should you keep driving? Um, What do you do? Because obviously you don't want to run. And a a lot of people's reaction is, I have to get outside. I have to run. I have to get outside. What do you do?
1: Yeah, uh, the, the next step of the aware steps is the W is wait and watch. Let me stay here in the situation uh, and observe what's going on. And the, the third piece of the W is work. Let me continue doing what I'm here for. So it's, it's exactly what you say. Um, uh, the, the, uh, stand your ground, continue your activities. I, I probably wouldn't say stand your ground so much because, you know, in some people's minds, Uh, that's what you do just before a fight. Before a pit Uh,
0: bull jumps on top of you. Right, right, right. There's
1: nothing to fight here. I'm just going to hang out with it. I'd like to feel happy. If I got to feel anxious instead, so be it. I can drive while I'm anxious. I can uh, shovel snow while I'm anxious. I can walk the dog while I'm anxious. Uh, So be it. Um, I'm I'm not going to uh, oppose or avoid this. That's what wait and watch and work is about okay um, i'm just i'm just gonna hang in fight with it and give it a chance to subside
0: now the panic attack panic attack has subsided what do i do in retrospect of it and what do i do to prepare for the next one
1: um well the the the, the second day of the aware steps is for action all right now let, let, let's stop even before the panic attack has subsided I've gone through acknowledge and accept. I realize what's happening here. I'm having a panic attack. I'm going to hang out with it. All right. Well, what shall I do? Uh, Well, I want to resume my activity. I I want to continue doing what I'm here for. Don't let Um, it stop you. That's right. Yeah. Um, Are there any other steps I ought to take? Uh, Very common when people are having a panic attack that they breathe in an uncomfortable manner uh and uh, they tend to breathe real short and shallow from their chest it, it speeds up their heart a little bit no no concern there except they're not expecting that it makes the muscles of their chest tight and lends uh, uh credibility to the idea maybe i'm having a heart attack because they'll feel pain mm-hmm. but the pain is in the muscles of their chest the pain is not in the heart uh, so it's usually a good thing to do to see how am i breathing and, and and shift to a belly breath. Uh, that that that's I find is is, is a good step shift while you're a staying belly in breath, the activity. Yeah, because
0: yeah. yeah. that's going to um, force you. Because if you're going to breathe in your belly, it's going to force you obviously to
1: breathe a little bit deeper and perhaps slower. And slower, yes, and and get a more comfortable uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, amount of air. Um, the interesting thing about the breath, just like everything else, I was saying, you know, people's gut instinct is dead wrong. Um, People's instinct with the breathing as well. I'm not getting a deep breath. Let me suck it yeah. in harder. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what would be the opposite of that?
0: Not so hard. I mean, just just uh, n- not with so much effort.
1: Well, that, that would be different. 180 degrees different. The opposite of is yes. that they really oh, need okay. to exhale. They need ah. to exhale. Everything about panic is paradoxical your gut instinct is dead wrong you should do the opposite of your gut instinct
0: because you know what and we talk about breathing exercises and it's and they talk about exhaling and breathing exercises but we always are concentrating on the inhalation right yes yes
1: and I that makes think, it worse
0: and so the exhalation is just we just don't think it's important you know we don't we, we just think oh it's just to make room for more breaths to come in but no if you're going to concentrate on the exhalation it's easier to expel air from your entire body than rather than direct air into a part of a certain part of your body, like your stomach. Yes, Interesting. And, and
1: and it's not just making room; it's shifting the muscles that you will use because now, now that I've exhaled, I've, I've relaxed my shoulders, I've relaxed the muscles of my chest. Yes. Now I can actually take a, be- a breath from my diaphragm, from my belly. Ah. Before I couldn't. When I go right to the inhale, the only kind of inhale I could take is another chest inhale. Yeah. And that's going to be, I'll I'll get the air I need to live, but it's going to be real uncomfortable. Uh, It's never ceased to astound me uh, how reliable and predictive this is. Uh, The rule of opposites my gut instinct of what to do when I'm panicking is almost always dead wrong. And I should do the opposite of my gut instinct.
0: I don't want to run. I want to run, I should say, but don't. I wanna take in some breaths, but concentrate on the opposite, which is breathing out. Yes, I should
1: give them away first. Yeah, Yeah.
0: very interesting. Okay, so um, what, what do you do now in between panic attacks? Because I think maybe one of the mistakes we make is we have the panic attack, it bothers the hell out of us, and then we move on and we forget about it until the next one happens instead of preparing for the next one. So how am I going to prepare for that next one?
1: Yeah, uh, well, people actually do probably make preparations. Unfortunately, uh, they're again the opposite of what would be helpful. They'll make preparations in terms of how can I avoid that route? How can I avoid that activity? How how can I uh, protect myself from uh, something while I'm sitting in class? They're, they're going to engage in a, in a bunch of anti-panic preparations uh, when they'll, they'll be much better off. Uh, literally, and this is, this is what we do in, in an exposure-based treatment, practicing with the circumstances, the situations, the triggers, and, and the, uh, the, the symptoms of a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Far, far from having to protect themselves, uh, they need practice with that. We, we want to approach this the same way we, we have fire drills in school so that kids know automatically what to do if, if there's an emergency. Uh, well pe- people ought to get some practice dealing with panic so that next time yeah next time I got a few things in mind to do
0: okay um, one of the things that we we have to do but we don't want to do sometimes or we just we just put it aside is homework and that is the examination the the uh, looking at something and then and then you know, Maybe even writing things down, journaling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although it's a pain in the butt, and we don't want to do it, what help is it going to
1: to give? It it is all. It's very important. Very and, and journaling. Glad you mentioned that journaling during a panic attack uh, is very useful. There, there on my website, there's a panic journal. Uh, I ask people to fill this out while they're having a panic
0: attack. Interesting. Oh, you know what? That is interesting.
1: I'm just going to call it up
0: here. Let coach it's anxietycoach.com. coach.com Calm, yeah coach.com and then you say you have a um uh, a panic uh do you know where it is on the board?
1: oh uh, um try
0: try.com panic diary see what comes up Slash uh, panic diar- diary mm-hmm. okay here we go whoops uh,
1: anyway so so what is in this So uh, th- those are i'm asking people to fill out this journal it has the questions that i would ask if i were with them at the time when they were having a panic attack okay actually uh, I, yeah
0: i'm seeing this here now and it's an actual it's actually a pdf file that you can you can download and print mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so step one fill in date and name so so uh then there's talking about level the time it began uh some symptoms there's quite a few steps here
1: yes yeah and and all the steps ask you to be an observer of what's going on uh and and uh when a person is having a panic attack they tend to immediately enter into uh the the role of of, of a victim uh -hmm. they feel victimized and they feel like a victim and they're they're looking at it through the eyes of a victim uh, this is intended to help you step more into the role of an observer. What am I experiencing? Uh, what does it mean? How shall I respond to it? And I think, I think you're tricking us, David.
0: I think you're tricking us. I think you're trying to distract. Like, I think if I was going to be filling this out, I would be distracted. And all of a sudden, I'd forget <laughs> I was having a panic attack.
1: Well, you know, what's funny. People often say that to me. Oh, I, I like doing the journal. It distracts me. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to ask, well, all right, help me understand this. The word panic appears in the journal at least eight times. What kind of distraction is it that keeps reminding you of what you don't want to be thinking about? You're, I'm asking you on the journal, write down what are you afraid is going to happen right now? Death, insanity, and, and so on. What kind of, you know, I'm, I'm not asking people to hum a happy tune here. Yeah. Uh, I'm asking them to look at and write down all their scariest ideas so something powerful is happening but i, I would suggest you know to people that it, it's not distraction um because they're writing out, down all the material about what they're afraid is going to happen and what their symptoms are they're focusing more on, on the panic i think what's actually happening is they're looking at that material from the viewpoint of an observer yeah. rather than the viewpoint of a victim Yeah. And and what people don't
0: realize, and and I've been to therapists, I've been to psychiatrists, is people don't realize they don't do a lot of talking in sessions. In in fact, they get you to do the talking. And quite often, when you reach some sort of epiphany, it's because you've said it, and they've guided you there. And you go, wait a minute. So by journaling, and by looking at this, whether or not it's happening at the time, or whether you, you review it the next day, the next week, you might look at it and say, wait a minute. And there's, there's that, uh, what did you say, the acknowledgement and
1: the acceptance that you talked about all of a mm-hmm.
0: sudden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and
1: it's, that's why it's, it's so valuable for people to fill these out during. Because they'll come back and look at it a day or a week later. And, and uh, they will see on there stuff that they don't even remember writing down. Uh, They're getting eyewitness testimony from themselves at a time when if they hadn't written it down, because the panic attack was so upsetting and so uh, scary, they wouldn't remember some of this information. Uh, And They can go back and see, yeah, that's right. I did have that idea. I forgot about that.
0: There are so many resources. uh, Anxietycoach.com. There are so many resources on your website. But there's also... The books that you have written um, since uh, well, since two thousand and four, I think was your first book, the panic attacks workbook back in two thousand four, a book that is recommended by many therapists and doctors. And the good news is coming up hopefully at the end of next month and the end of March, you have a panic attack workbooks uh, a, a second uh, a second printing of this. Yeah. Tell uh, me second, about Pan- second edition. Yeah. Second edition. So, what is Panic Attacks Workbook Second Edition? Tell me what that is.
1: Uh, well, Panic Attacks Workbook First Edition was here's from soup to nuts how to handle panic attacks okay. and, and how how to uh, uh, render them, uh, uh, convert them from a, a tragedy to an occasional nuisance. Um, second edition, uh, two major changes. Um, at the time I wrote this, uh, notions of acceptance and working with uh, were just barely on the horizon. Uh, and, and that was a, a first attempt at showing how you can gain more from accepting a panic attack than you can by opposing it. Um, now it's, it's much more the mainstream, things like acceptance and commitment therapy and dialectical behavior therapy. Uh, so the, the book is much more uh in its in its second edition much more firmly planted in that acceptance model uh we don't argue with thoughts we don't try and restructure thoughts we just take the thoughts as they are and play with them Uh, and understand them yes understand them uh as symptoms of anxiety that that, that's really the main thing we have to understand i I can have sweaty palms, and that means i'm nervous i can have a scary thought Uh, what if I get sick and die? And that means I'm nervous. Uh, I I could have a desire to flee out of the grocery store. And that means I'm nervous. There are all different ways of having nervous. Uh, they're all, you know, if you could have strawberry ice cream or chocolate or vanilla fudge, they're different flavors, but they're all ice cream. These different kinds of symptoms are all just ways of being nervous. And that's how we want to respond to them. I
0: I notice you talk about ice cream a lot. I'm just going to point that out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you caught my weak spot, didn't
0: you? <laughs> uh, it's Panic Attacks Workbook, the second edition. I know that Amazon is uh, taking pre-orders for it right now. There are links, of course, on AnxietyCoach.com. You can go to Amazon uh, here in Canada. Uh, Chapters Indigo is also taking pre-orders. I'm sure Barnes and Noble is as well. Uh, check out his other books: Outsmart Your Anxious Brain, The Worry Trick, or start with the Panic Attack Workbooks, uh, Panic Attacks Workbook, uh, the first edition uh, as well. And those are all available, all very helpful. Uh, Dr. Carbonell, um, you've been very enlightening uh, and I I think I'd be thrilled to have you as a coach behind my bench anytime.
1: Oh, well, pleasure uh, being on here and talking with you. Thanks for the time. Please consider subscribing to this podcast. You can email us at thehappymolecule at gmail.com. I'm Aaron Davis, wishing you good mental health.